Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening in today to another episode of the Culinary School Stories podcast, a proud member of the Food Media Network. My guest today is Joseph Kiefer. And Joseph, I want to start right out by saying welcome and thank you for joining us today and sharing your culinary school story. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And so I know we have a lot to talk about, but let's start at the beginning. How did your love of food and cooking start? And then when did you first realize that you wanted to go to culinary school? Oh, man, cooking has always been, you know, it's like everyone, everyone has a very similar story or they don't. It's, you know, you're either picking peas with your grandma on the kitchen floor or you, you microwaved food for so long as a teenager that you learned to cook. <laughs> Dinner time for my family was the time for us to sit down and catch up on the day. And, you know, we're quick eaters. Um, we didn't take as long as we should have sometimes, but we sit there and we talk about our days, hash things out. My dad was a firefighter for 30 something years. He'd tell us all these war stories. You know, my mom had assorted jobs over the years. She volunteered a lot through our schools and stuff, especially in the cafeteria, you know, and so that slowly, slowly, but surely the, the seeds were planted. When I was a kid, my dad and I, uh, would, we, we lived on my grandpa's property for a while and, you know, we had our own little garden and stuff like that. So the seeds were planted at an early age. I had a home ec class in middle school and it was like, I was like, oh, I'm good at this. You know, I liked, I liked, uh, I was on the news team. I thought that was cool. I tried to, I tried drama, art class, cooking worked for me. My, it made sense to me. Um, and then there was a high school in the neighborhood. There was a technical school. They had a culinary program. You had to submit a biography and a portfolio and everything. Had it, I did that, got in, studied, um, basically serve safe for like four years. Wow. <laughs> it's basically what it was. It was, an, it was awesome. We had like a multi-million dollar kitchen in this high school. We had our own little bistro, you know, like some of the high schools, technical schools do. And then that was the first time I met Chef Barber. He came, uh, he was touring. He still, is he still with Johnson Wales? Yeah, yeah. So he was out doing like for something for admissions? Yeah. Visiting yeah. the schools? So, and then I was like, whoa, look at this dude. Look at his uniform, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, it was that or CIA and, you know, you know how that goes. Like it's, it's a battle of, you know, affordable versus reputable and Johnson and Wales. I mean, and then, so yeah, so then I got accepted and I ended up going down to North Miami. It was the closest one. Did you check out any other culinary schools before you picked or just said, this is it, I'm going. I said, it's going to be Johnson and Wales or it's going to be CIA, you know, and that's it. Um, and I was, I was kind of like, and, and I was still really young and I didn't want to travel too far away. I had never, you know, I used to take the Amtrak from Miami to Tampa to go see my family. And that was like, that was traveling for me. That was insane. You know, I had never done that before. And so it was a good way to kind of start spreading the growth and beginning my adventure. So, sure. So you said your dad's a fireman. Is he a good cook? Cause I know a lot of those firemen are, they do a lot, spend a lot of time in the kitchens. It's like, it's so funny. It was like, uh, my mom was the big cook growing up. She did all the Italian food, the classic. She, I mean, she had like her mom's recipe for stuffing, 
you know, or for, you know, turkey stuff dressing that she has been using. It was a stay up late at night the night before and do it. And then my dad, as uh, you know, as I started cooking, he started, he started kind of getting in there more. And, and now, and then once I moved away from home and went to school, man, he sends me photos all the time. Uh, <laughs> he's a pretty good cook. He used to cook for the guys at the station. He'd come in and they do all their chores and he'd set up. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. And he loves to learn. You know, um, he loves to, he loves to try new things. And like my, you know, my whole family is great. They, they listen, you know, sometimes I'm like, Hey, I know this is kind of going to be, this is going to be a weird thing, but trust me, it's going to be delicious. And then they eat it and they're like, wow, you know, food's amazing. Like, I love it. Great. So you went to campus. So your first time, what, what was going through your mind when you get to campus? Are you excited? You're nervous. You're thinking like, this is for me or, Oh, maybe I made a mistake. What's, what's happening? Uh, I was so convinced like I am today that, uh, this is just what I was going to do. And, uh, I was nervous, but I was ready. It was like, I was like, I'm going to be going, you know, into college for this. I'm going to be focused head down. We're going to, we're going to go. And I was, yeah, I was nervous, but I mean, uh, this was, this was it. This was the beginning. This was, you know, if I was going to, you know, do this, I had to do it. And uh, I was, I was really excited to get down there and move in. And, you know, it, I had family, local family in Miami, super great cook, super Italian guy, you know, shout out to aunt Trish, you know, she's, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And so I was, I was thrilled and I couldn't wait to get into the labs. That was, I was like, you know, academic classes. Yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> get me in there. What was your first lab? Uh, my first lab was fundamentals with Lacostra. How was that? The man, the myth, the legend. I love that dude. That he is one of the coolest guys. Uh, he, it was great. I was. I, I'll never forget waking up at five in the morning. I didn't have a French press, so I had to. I used. Uh, I used like a quart container, and I made coffee, and I strained it through a coffee filter. It was terrible. It was super weak. I hadn't even had a beverage class yet. I was, I was like in, in the labs early. I was studying. I was ready to go. I was super nervous. Everything's pressed, you know, shoes polished. Uh, and, uh, it was great. He was a cool dude. And he was, I was like, wow, this guy, like he has something to teach and I have to absorb this. And I, I failed my first practical. I, uh, I was ambitious. I was super ambitious and I failed. I tried to do a chicken Kiev. And uh, I lost points because there was no butter on the inside. So. <laughs> no sauce on the plate there. But it was cool, man. It was great. It was an awesome first class. How was the feedback on that first practical? Uh, it was uh, it was so real. You know, it was like, I see what you did. And I, I, like, I, I see that you tried something. Um, you didn't hit the marks. But like, you know, it was kind of like, I'm giving you this grade but I got a high five under the table, you know? Oh, and so yeah. it was a hundred percent. And it was like, and I was so afraid to fail at anything, you know, and I, I when I was, uh, I, you know, we all do, we all struggle with that. But at a young age, I was like, I, I hated failure. I hated mistakes. Uh, and then chef Wagner, I, I used to spend so much time in the Dean's office. I mean, I'm sure you remember it. Like, I was mm -hmm. always, you know, and uh, uh, chef Wagner one time was like, the mistakes you make are the best lessons in your life. The best teachers embrace them. And that was like the first time I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to make mistakes. And this is going to be, this is going to be my path to getting better is to make the mistakes and to, to accept them and then to, to learn from them. And that's the key to me is, you know, you can't be stagnant. You can't just not learn that lesson. So it, the review was the review. It was great. I loved it. It pushed me through. It kept going. Then I, I mean, and then, yeah. and then I started competing, you know, 
And then it was like, you, you get, I mean, literally just under a microscope, they're looking at everything you do. And, um, and they're trying to, you know, break it apart and see the pieces of everything. And it's criticism. You got to take it. That, it, it. It doesn't get easier. Yeah. It gets worse. The criticism gets harder, you know? And so. Yeah. You got paying customers out there criticizing you, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or, or worse, people who have been doing this longer than you've been alive, people who have, who have missed the birth of their children, people who have had like their business at risk, you know, and you just come in some young punk from culinary school and they're, you can't jeopardize that. And you're like, oh, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be, oh, they're going to love me. And then they're like, get out of my way. And you're like, what? And then you got to deal with the rejection of, of that. And that's important. Yeah. So you're on campus. You had your classes. Uh, looking over your two-year program, what was your favorite class and why? Which one did you, you really, this was it? Or did you have a favorite? Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Okay. So, okay. The first two years were great. And it was cool because it was like the building blocks of, of understanding, getting the fundamentals down. And then the la the next two years was great because then it's like, you're kind of like weaning through the classes, you know, what, where are you going to keep going, you know, and uh, further the education, which was great. Uh, meat cutting class was, I actually ended up, I spent a year, uh, was it last, last year, or the year before that I spent a year in Florida at a, in a butcher shop and meat cutting class was great, but it wasn't long enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like you're exposed to so much information and so many, you know, and then you have the meat buyer's guide. It's now I want, I mean, I wish I had my copy of the book now, you know, back then I was so overwhelmed by it. I never opened it. I was like, how do the pieces and the, it, you know, it, you're, yeah. So, um, but yeah, meat cutting was definitely up there with one of my, one of my favorite classes. Yeah. The knowledge is like feeding through a fire hose. Cause it's, you know, it's so short cause they're trying to cram everything in, in those two years that sometimes it's overwhelming. And then later on, when you have time for you know perspective and reflect on it, you say, ah, now I know why that was important. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And then, you know, because of that experience, those couple of days, I got a job in a meat department at a small grocery store in my hometown and uh, I got to see then I got to see subprimals, and I got to see these these bigger pieces again, things that I had seen in school, but I never got to play with because we were on a on a track here. So played with that, and then uh, I actually I just slaughtered two pigs recently. There's a, I I live in like heaven here, like as far as rural goes. The produce here is amazing. The, uh, Tell the listeners where you are. You're Virginia? I'm living in Virginia. I'm actually living in Blacksburg, Christiansburg, right next to the Virginia Tech, actually. Okay. And Radford University. And uh, a lot of like their departments, their agriculture departments, their food science department is amazing. Um, but yeah, so the cows here, we went through a farm, a local farm, Griffin Farms, best cow I've ever had in my life. You know, I mean, and, I, and I've been fortunate enough to travel and, uh, and see things and have different things and like to be like, wow, the best beef I've ever had is in my backyard, you know? Uh, same with the pigs, got to break down two pigs. That was my first time doing whole animal butchery. But because of all of my experiences, I mean, it was like, I was glued to the table. I couldn't, it was amazing, it was great. And, and that was because like, and so I have this weird thing. I'm like, did I want more time in the meat cutting lab or was it just enough Interest to plant something that was like, I didn't get enough of that. I need that more, you know? I love, I think there should be an advanced mm -hmm. meat cutting class. You know, get into way more structure, more time, and you know, you gotta love the animal. And that's the thing; you gotta love the animal. You can't rush it. You know, it's like it's given its life for us. It's an important. We have to honor that. Um, even in restaurants, you know, you got to remember the food that you're serving. Like, well, it sounds like there it's great with all the farm. I mean, you're killing the cows, you're killing the chickens, you're killing the pigs, you're picking the berries. I mean, it's like 
right there back to the earth. I have I have a blackberry bush in my yard. I have a black cherry tree, a wild cherry tree. I have dandelions galore. I make I made a dandelion jam recently. Um, yeah, and then I have like all this you know free time to do what I want, and so it's like I make terrines and I make you know like I I just bought some meat glue the other day and I I, I meat glued a piece of pork loin to show everyone you know and I, was. Was culinary school what you imagined? I mean, is there anything you wish you knew when you got there that you didn't know? Or now that you've gotten out, you look back on it saying, you know, I wish something. I remember, well, oh, man, when I, when I went, I was like, oh, I'm not ready to go to culinary school. I'm not, you know, I've studied four years. I've read textbook. I could tell you Fat Tom and all this. And, and you know, and I, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to do this. Okay. Get there. And you're like, what? and I kind of had to be like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to know everything. You know, I'm not supposed to ha- come in with experience and knowledge. I'm going to school for this, you know. So then it was once once school started, it was the clock started, you know. And then it was like, okay, let's learn, absorb, absorb, you know, and push, push, push. And I wish I knew, honestly, like how tough the industry is and the people that get into this industry. I I mean, I, yeah, I'm a fragile dude, you know. I went into the industry a fragile dude. You got to you got to deal with when you're going into something like this or into the real world. You got to understand that there's going to be a point when uh, real life knocks on your door and it's it's rough and it's difficult. And you get, you know, and so you're sitting here trying to learn how to be a cook and you got real life and bills. And, and I think learning how to juggle um, real life would be great. I think um, especially also, I think um, I wish I had more insight on mental health. I wish I knew a lot more about taking care of myself mentally physically, emotionally, um, because you really have to be ready to run a marathon in this career. Uh, there's no sprint. If you sprint, I mean, actually not, it's like a sprinting marathon. You got to be ready to sprint for a very long distance. And so I think that's one thing I wish I knew was how to, you know, really be happy and balance my life and be, you know, I mean, food's my passion and it's my career, you know? So I kind of like, when people say something about balance, I'm like, ah, you know, I like so it's, it, but balance, yeah, definitely would be something I would say, having an understanding, knowing it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard, and you're going to trip and fall, and you're going to burn yourself. And Do you think the school does a good job portraying the industry? you think it's too soft, too hard? Do you think it's just right? No. You know, I had a few chefs who I were like, who through, through the course of my schooling, I was like, okay, they're, they're really, they really know. Uh, the tougher side of the industry. You know, every chef that taught there obviously had their merits, they had their good things, their businesses, whatever they did. And I, I don't discredit that. Uh, but there were a few people there where you're like, wow, you were really in it, you know, and, and on the ba- on the on the more structured, more disciplined side, Chef Kochi, you know, Chef LaCostra, Chef Brandenburg, um, Chef Rook, um, all of these guys, and and I'm sorry, Chef Houghton, all of these guys, I don't want to leave anyone out, you know, I'll, be, I'll, get, I'll be getting emails like, oh, come on, bro. Um, but you know, they all had so many great things to offer. Uh, but what was unrealistic was that, and maybe, maybe it's important because we were young, but it's, it's very, um, I, and I always was like, why is it, why aren't we more disciplined? Why aren't we getting like, why is I, you know, more structure? I was like, cause this isn't, you know, this isn't going to be how it is in a real kitchen. Right. You know, and then you slowly start get got my first kitchen job and I was like, oh, Okay, gotcha. There's a big difference between the, the labs and the 
you know, and people used to tell me at Johnson Wales, oh, you're going to go far. You're going to be great. You're a natural, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. And then you get into a real kitchen with people who are way better than you or way more experienced than you. And you're just like, was that all a lie? Like, was I, am I not that good? Like I thought I was like, people seemed to be cheering me on and now I'm, I'm being bullied. Now I'm not liked. Now I have my own, but I had to deal, you have to deal with your own personal issues. You can't, you know, I used to, I used to get to work at, uh, in New York, I'd get to work. I'd take a deep breath. And I'd say everything that stays, that is going on in out of these doors stays outside of these doors at this moment. As soon as I open this door, it's about everything inside that building. And, uh, and that's what I had to do to kind of just remind myself that I couldn't be upset that I was, I, you know, had to pay rent, you know, or that, you know, whatever I was dealing with, you know, but it was like, you know, it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta learn how to turn, turn things off and leave things that, you know, you, you, you can't be mean to your spouse because you had a bad day because your intern or your coworker, or your chef was rude to you or, or pissed you off somehow or whatever, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, complain to your service, you know, whoever's on your station with you, you know, about your wife or your ex or your dog or your car or anything like this, because that's taken away from the moment. You're losing that focus, but you're still human. You still got to be able to sit down for family meal and laugh and be like, you know, life, life, but it's hard. You just got to balance though. You have to start somewhere. So I, I've become a lot less critical. Um, you got to start somewhere. And so I think, I think I, I've, I've wrestled with the idea. People have asked, you know, like, do you believe in culinary school going first? You know, I've worked with people who have, and I work with people who haven't. Look, we're, you're only as good as, as, hard, as much as you practice. So it doesn't really matter. You know, I think culinary school is great for some people. For most people, it's a great way to get into the industry to start moving, but also it, it puts you in debt. And if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a cook living the, an authentic cooking experience, cook's experience, you're going to be broke. And you're going to be paying bills for a long time. And that's just the fact of the matter. I get it. It's life. Um, there are people who are like, nope, I never went to culinary school. I just drove, I dove right into a restaurant. I made all the silly mistakes, you know, so it's either it's, do you, you know, what are you willing to, to take and give? Because it, there's pros and cons to both. There's going to be a, there's going to be a payment one way or another, right? Apprentice ways, or are you going to do it for, for dollars financial? Exactly. Now, tell us about when you're in school because you were participating in a lot of extracurricular type stuff. You did some competitions. Tell us about your study abroad. All these other things outside of the you know the curriculum proper, or the degree part of it, the other things that come with the culinary school. See, that was the thing was when I got to culinary school, it was it was the moment where I knew everything was starting and I I couldn't stop. Um, I you know volunteered, but I was. I volunteered as much as I could, but I was selective with what I volunteered with. You know, like, it, you know, I got to help the, uh, the competition team. Who was it that used to come through? Um, the culinary uh, Olympic team came through one time and I got to do their dishes. And I, got, I stayed in the labs until like one in the morning. That was the first time I've ever seen a chef perfectly Julienne or Brunoise a carrot without looking, but faster than anyone I've ever seen. And they were perfect. And I remember, I, you know, and that was my introduction to kind of more modern techniques, a little more creative plating styles, having fun with the food, playing with the food, uh, kind of more of food as an art as well as just, you know, I used to get yelled at. They're like, just focus on the fundamentals. Let's, you know, learn the fundamentals. And I was always like, yeah, but what if, what if I made carrot pastrami? 
<laughs> you know, and they're like, just, can you cook an egg? I'm like, yeah, I can cook an egg. I'm going to learn to cook an egg. I'm, I'm mastering the egg, but I'm daydreaming over here. <laughs> I got to skip some steps. I'm going to hurry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but still though, I still, but again, though, I had a huge, huge respect for fundamentals. I still do even more so, especially after working in more restaurants, you, you know, it's all fun and games to look at food and, and be like, oh, that's creative and that's artistic. But, you, you know, if you don't have the fundamentals, I mean, you can go on any social media platform and see somebody and look at a dish and be like, okay, that has no integrity uh, in the dish. This has no, this is, you know, this was, they looked and said, how many colors can I put on a plate? You know, and it's like, hey, that's, but you know what? Hey, that's cool. I, you know what they, you know what they did that I didn't do? They plated a plate with as many colors as they could think of. I didn't, you know, they did. So, you know, respect. I, I, that's one thing I'm working on, being less critical. You know? <laughs> it's super easy to just be like, you know, what a nerd, you know, but then. So tell us about your study abroad. You went to Germany? I did. Yeah, that was. How was that? Amazing. It was, you know, I, I was just talking to someone the other day. They said, why is it that our most uh, treacherous, hardest moments in life seem to be like our best? Uh, you know, even though you're suffering intensely in the moment, you kind of look back later on and go, well, that was okay. That was the best moment of my life. Um, Germany was one of the coolest experiences I've ever, ever got to, to be a part of. Uh, I went there with my best friend from, we went to high school together went to Germany together. I got to, um, I worked for a, sh a, a chef family who worked for Michel Bras in France, which was a name I was becoming familiar with, but I didn't know. I actually, I don't think I even knew that they were old chefs of his before until like I got there and I was like, what Michel Bras, that, that guy's amazing. You know, uh, the food was totally different than anything I'd ever experienced. It was my first time in a fine dining kitchen. It was my first time in a European kitchen. I mean, the communication alone, there was one guy that spoke like seven languages. You know, he was our in-between. He spoke Russian, uh, English, French. I mean, this guy was, he was cool. Then we had, uh, we had the wine, we had a wine intern, uh, who was awesome. Uh, he was a really cool dude. Tobias, the, the cook there, he was really cool. Uh, Febreze was the wine guy. I mean, it was just like, and then Julian, the, the all language communicator. Um, these guys were so cool and so unique and they were so welcoming of us, you know, and they didn't, we didn't know their culture very well. You know, they didn't know, they, they know what, you know, what they know. We knew what we knew. And, and uh, it was a super, like, I mean, we were the first, we were, <laughs> it was super humbling too, because you spend like all this time uh, in school doing all this work and trying, trying, trying and learning these skills. And then they come in with cases of rosemary and they go, all right, let's, we're going to have to pick all of this. And by we, I mean you. And it's like, you're like, Oh, okay, cool. This, this sucks, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's a, such an important lesson because, you know, and teamwork and speed and efficiency organization, uh, we went foraging, uh, the chef there had a truffle dog, oh. um, I actually have some of his books. I'll have, to, I'll have to show you sometime. They that was our parting gift. They signed some books for us. They had their own their own books. But I learned so much about food, and that was I think um, the beginning of me looking at food and really respecting the planet, understanding uh, food. And ever since my internship, I I've always been a ground watcher, but now I'm like I scan for edible food all the time. Like we got wild strawberries in my backyard. They're unedible, you know, but I'm always, I got oxalis and stuff and, and I'm always like looking around trying to try to see what I can eat. But, you know, obviously we always preface, you want to make sure you can identify it before you eat it. But. 
Yeah. So when you were in that kitchen, so, you had people from all over the world trained differently. Totally different. Did it, yeah. did it all work? Was it like uh, <laughs> did it all work like an orchestra in the kitchen? Was it like no? There was there was, well, there was friction problems. It was a really small group of people. Um, it was we had a Russian intern. We were the two American interns. We had two French girl and girls that were interning. Um, they were front of the house, but they were also kitchen as well. Which that kind of I actually talked to one of them still today. Uh, we had, I don't know, maybe seven people. We had two dishwashers, I think, um, which then we ended up helping with as well a lot, which was, you know, important too. I didn't understand that where I remember being like, well, why am I washing dishes? What I came here to cook, you know? And then you leave after you make yourself look like a complete ass and you think, you know, why am I not in front of the burners? You know? And then, um, you understand that you learn the real lesson about teamwork and making it happen. You know, um, and so, yeah, so that was an important place. Really great. It worked. We all had our own personalities. There was also, and the, uh, the thing about it was, was that they had had their own lives before we came, you know, so they had their drama and their own stories and we didn't really speak the language. So, you know, we very, we got minute details about things, but yeah, there was definitely um, tension at times in the kitchen. Of course. I mean, even though there was a small kitchen, um, you know, we were, a f we, it was a family though. It was like super, like they, we woke up every morning. We went downstairs for breakfast. The the chef's wife would make us coffee. We always had meat and cheeses and, and stale French bread from the day before, which was, I mean, and I mean, that was when I learned how to like, that changed the way I ate personally. Like I went there for family meal. Oh yeah. So we would have breakfast in the morning. We'd have lunch and then we'd have dinner. We all sat down three days of three times a day, we sat down and we had dinner or lunch or breakfast and we talked. And I mean, of course there was a language barrier there, but if you start to learn the language, you know, and, and, uh, and really pick up what's going on, the vibes, it was a, it was a great experience. You know, it was rough. Don't get me wrong. I had ups and downs, but it was gorgeous. You know, it's a great country. Great. You know, Germany is, I'll be back, man. I, I want to visit. I want to hang out in Germany. I loved, I loved it. Cologne was amazing. Cologne was a really, or Cologne, but, and uh, yeah, it was so cool. And it was kind of in a farmland and like the, the, the wine country out there and everything. I mean, it was just phenomenal. It was a great experience. And that probably gave you the travel bug because after graduation, you traveled around, right? Where was your first stop? Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. Seattle was my first stop. I, um, my, my buddy who went to Germany with me, he, uh, he got a job at a, a really good restaurant in Seattle, a uh, canless restaurant. They are a phenomenal family that the restaurant has been around for like 60 plus years. Um, the stories that I heard there, the way they conduct themselves, the way, I mean, yeah, there was, you know, it had its ups and downs too, but man, this, yeah, Seattle is an amazing city. This family is out there doing a great job, really introducing fine dining, changing fine dining, not changing fine dining, being part of fine dining, but the changing it in the way like they really care about mental health. They really care about their workers. I mean, when I was there, they installed like a million dollar uh, renovation on the kitchen for the air conditioning because they wanted us to be comfortable because they had the time and the money to put back into us. And I mean, it was just an amazing time. That, that, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in that. I feel like I had to grow up quickly after, after that kitchen, because I was like, wow, these people are amazing there. And then even now today, Mark and Brian Canlis are absolutely crushing it. 
in the food scene right now, they, I know after the pandemic, they turned to like a delivery and pick up like they, a little drive through and they're, you know, they're great. And everyone in the town knows them, you know, some people like them, some people don't, some people think, you know, like they're better. This is a little bit of a competition, you know, but at the end of the day, they're a really great crew. And that was an awesome experience. Again, I got into foraging there um, because it's Seattle. I mean, right. But I mean, blackberry bushes taller than you walking down the street, you know, wild blackberries and just all this amazing food. Mushrooms are huge there. Um, ramps are crazy over there. Um, fiddlehead ferns, like the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you're, you're a, an hour away from the mountain farmlands and you're, you know, 20 minutes away from downtown Seattle is it's a great place. Awesome. Place. How long, how long did you stay there? And then where did you go next? Uh, I was there for two years. Um, I was there for two years. Yeah. About two years. And then I ended up moving to New York with my then wife, <laughs> which is a, which is a weird, uh, that's a whole subplot there. But, uh, uh, so yeah, we moved to New York and we moved, <laughs> we got a, we got a small room in, uh, Bushwick. I don't know if you're familiar with Brooklyn at all. Bushwick is a, uh, it's a slowly gentrifying neighborhood. Um, stayed in Bushwick for a couple months. After that, we were like, okay, we need to get an apartment. We got an apartment in uh, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, um, which Bedford Stuyvesant, which is a classic. These guys are like, the names are just, you know, they're history. There's so much history. But uh, so that was really cool. Lived in Brooklyn for a while. Worked at a French bistro in Greenpoint um savage it was it was quite worked under a chef named damon wise i don't know if you know the name he was uh he was an old um excuse me if i mess this up damon I, you know if you ever hear this i doubt it but he was a cool dude man this guy was awesome he trained uh, david chang he was uh the executive corporate chef for tom calicchio i think way back in the day and uh this guy man he was like on the line he was like darth vader on the line you know, he was like, he moved with, with such force and, but like, and he was elegant, but he was strong, this dude. And like, man, the food that, that we put out there was really awesome. Really interesting. Yummy food. And your wife, you met her in Seattle? No, I met her at actually Johnson and Wales. Oh. I, I, I was going to leave that part out. I figured you know, but uh, yeah, we met, we met in college and we, uh, we traveled to Seattle and conquered Seattle for a little bit. And then moved to New York together. Then parted and went your own ways. Uh, we, well, yeah, we parted in New York sometime after, I think it was uh, after I op- helped open Robichon, which was just an absolute dream, which was crazy. But uh, yeah, it was, it was hard work. And uh, right after, shortly after that, we split up. Uh, so, you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us about the industry. What is it? Is it is it hard? Is it bad? I mean, we've had people say that you know it's, it can be brutal, it can be sexist, it can be uh, discriminatory, it can be good, it can be bad. Tell us your perspective as you went through all these different restaurants. How was it? What do you see? Like any industry, there's always going to be like the challenges. Um, there's always going to be the ups and the downs. The thing about the culinary industry is that we cook food right? We're not doctors. We're not scientists. Well, kind of, you know, we want to be right. And we, we really care, but we really care about what we're doing. And we, and sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, a lot of pressure, you know, to make money, save money, be creative, be the next best thing, hold your standards, you know, Yelp reviews, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. It's like so overwhelming. Uh, But at the end of the day, we're cooking food, right? We're not, 
building rockets to go to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're making food. You know, the most important thing is that we love what we're doing. We're, you know, we're really loving the food. We're, we're, we have each other's backs. We're working together. Uh, but it is a tough industry. It's competitive. People want to be, you know, it, it attracts egos. It attracts, um, it attracts uh, maybe people who can't get jobs in other industries due to other reasons, you know. But um, also that doesn't matter, though, because sometimes those people are end up being your best friends or the people that you can trust and you know they have your back. And it doesn't matter. What? Because they have a felony for, you know, drug possession. Who cares? You know, because when that guy is right next to me and he's helping me and I'm helping him and we're getting through service, we're all the same. You know, we're all there to make that food happen. And, you know, it's not easy. I've had I've had lots of struggles with people. You always do. They're humans. I'm human. I've made mistakes. Um, I think the best thing is to just learn from, you know, experiences and, and, and really grow from. And uh, but, yeah, it is a, it is difficult, you know, um, but it's it's always changing. It always has changed. You know, it, it's the best, that's the best part about the industry. It's about the best part about the world. Things are always growing and evolving and changing. What worked, you know, 20 years ago doesn't work today. And if it does, we still use it. You know, we take like, you know, when Charlie Trotter was doing stuff, you know, it was like Charlie Trotter was putting food out that, um, you know, was super interesting and he, you know, purees and, and different foams and stuff, you know, he was kind of like, well, how can we play with what we know? Yeah. So it's always expanding, always growing. The standards have changed. It's kind of cyclical, you know, like everything, it's kind of cyclical. One day, one day health food's in, one day butter's in, you know, you never know. But do you see any bullying or anything going on in the, in the kitchen that was on the, the, the bad side of it? You know, I always think of kitchen confidential. You know, you talked about mental health. Have you seen substance abuse? I mean, what are, are these rumors? Are these real? What do you think? Uh, actually, you know what? It's funny that you bring up Kitchen Confidential. Did you know today's the, the two-year anniversary of Anthony Bourdain passing? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little shout out to Chef there. Yeah. yeah R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's cool. That guy was... It was it's so funny. I always wanted to respect him as a chef, you know, reading his books. And I was like, he just ran every restaurant into the ground. But then you saw him like traveling and his love for food and it was like it didn't even matter he was showcasing some of the bad parts of the industry the, 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 the difficulties so my respect for him changed a lot uh, over the years but man that dude was cool he was a good guy you know you see some really bad things happen to some really good people you know and uh you know we've all been there we all have our ups and downs uh and it's really not so much you know, uh, I think we all want to change our industry, right? Because it's what we are in. It's what we're a part of. But it's not about the industry. It's about the world. It's about our country. It's about our state, our cities that we live in. You know, like I've never been a really political person. Uh, I don't really like it because I. it makes me uncomfortable, the fact that people get divided so quickly because of it, you know. And, um, and I just think we have to take care of ourselves and each other. You know, we got one planet. We got one life, you know, and, uh, it's unfortunate that these things happen and we don't learn from them and they happen again and again and again, but you know, things are changing. So slowly, but surely. What is one myth about the profession or culinary school or the industry or kitchens that you want to debunk? A myth about the industry that people believe, but you're like, no, no, that's, that's not, that's not the way it is. That's not true. You know, it's like, we're in like the age of social media though. Is there, is there anything secret anymore? You know, is there any more myths? I don't know. Um, I think, you know, that's the kind of like, it's also the kind of the point of all of the change that we're making in the world and the industry and taking care of ourselves and each other better. I mean, it's like you used to, I don't know, 
here's a myth. People don't throw pots and pans like they used to, you know, that's not like that's, that's changing. Um, but you still get bullying. I mean, I've experienced it, you, you know, sometimes physical, sometimes it's a, it's mental, it's emotional. Sometimes you just, you're the target and they will, they will. The, the thing is, is if, if you don't belong in the kitchen for whatever reason, uh, you know, they'll send antibodies out and they'll try to get you out of there. And sometimes it's just because you don't belong. You know, you don't, you don't click, you don't mesh doesn't work. You have a different thing. You have a different style. They have a different way. You just don't fit in or you're young and innocent or you have anxiety. And so they see that they see through that and they can get to you and they want you out of there because they don't want any of that because they're scared. You know, they're, they're intimidated. They're angry. Uh, but you know, that, that falls on HR, that falls on the chef, uh, you know, training people to love each other and to, and to, to care about what we're doing just as much as, you know, but it's it's a work. But as far as myths go, I don't know. Not all chefs are drug addicts. I don't know most of them. But <laughs> just kidding. Who are three people who have been the most influential to you? Could be professionally. Could be personally. They could be alive. They could have passed on. Three people in your life career that have been most influential. Thomas Keller was a huge inspiration to me coming into culinary school. Right, everyone wanted the French Laundry Cookbook. Everybody wanted to understand that a level of finesse. And uh, so he was a big inspiration. I got to meet him once. Uh, cool dude. He's tall. Yeah, so I met him in New York. He just kind of walked into our kitchen and I was just like, oh God, there he is. Like that's, I know who that is, you know. <laughs> um, Eric Repair is another one. Eric Repair is a really awesome dude. Great chef, you know. Um, and then, I don't know, like my family's always been a huge inspiration for me, you know. Um, my friends, my family, like those are the people that I find inspiration from. Those are the people that make me want to keep pushing, um, keep doing what I do. You mentioned books a couple of times. What's some books that you would recommend to someone new who'd wanting to go to culinary school, just get into this industry? And you know, what have you read or you know recently that's inspired you? I'm actually, yeah, I'm sitting right in front of my bookshelf here. Hold on, let me turn around. Let me find something. So I have a couple that I always uh, I always reach for. Um, Elaine Ducasse's book. This is one of the best. Uh, books, you know, it's French. Great, great book of cooking. Um, this book is like the encyclopedia for cooking. There's every kind of recipe. Um, On food and cooking by Harold McGee. That's another big one. I have uh, a lot of a lot of hours put into that one. There, um, it's really great for understanding uh, the science of cooking and understanding why things happen and, and what's going on. It kind of goes into a little bit more of the food science, which is important to know. Um, you want to know why things are happening. Um, probably I have a couple other books. I have some Robichon books that are huge that I love to read. I think they're great for people who are coming into the industry and want to learn, uh, the, the classic history of, of what we're doing and why we do it. Um, people always make fun of me cause I always say French books, <laughs> that's, yeah, I just, but, uh, you know, those books are really important. Uh, the flavor Bible, that was a big one when I was, at Johnson and Wales. I don't know if it's, I'm sure it is floating around. Everyone wanted the flavor Bible. It's a great book. Um, but I challenge people when they look at it, instead of using the, uh, it, the, inf you know, inspiration that they, that they're saying, don't, don't just use what they're saying, you know, use that as a reason to think about food further. You know, if there's a flavor profile, like uh, it says, you know, tomato, basil, mozzarella, classic combo, you know, it's like, well, play with that a little bit, you know, have fun with that and take that idea, but let's understand why the tomato and the basil and the cheese go together well, and let's play with that, have fun with it. So, I mean, it's a good book, but you don't want to get, you don't want to get caught, you know, just 
taking those combos. Great book, though. Um, great place to start. That's all I can think of right now at the moment. What do you think is the future of culinary school? I think culinary school is, uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's going to grow. It's going to change. It's going to, they're going to add and subtract. They're going to, they're going to grow with the, with the, the, the trends. They're going to teach things as things happen. I mean, the thing about culinary school is it's a school, right? So the job is for them to teach. It is them for this. They should be recording history and, and then, you know, spreading that forward to telling people why things happened the way they did and about who's important and what happened and when things were invented and created and how we're going and how we need to save the planet and, you know, be there for each other. I think it's, it's going to change and grow just like everything else. Would you do it all again? Now that you know, looking at it from a perspective of where you're at, the cost, the time, everything, would you change anything? Absolutely. You know, because I would totally do it again because culinary school was that, that was when I was able to be like, oh, well, if I can, I can play with this, you know, bunch of food and practice and I literally go to school for this, you know, I can spend time doing extracurricular things, seeing things, helping other chefs, doing dinners and, you know, and, uh. Yeah, I absolutely would 100% do it again. I mean, it's I would probably think a little bit more about the financial side of it, try to do a little bit better job keeping up with that. Maybe uh, having a good, you know, save up, get get scholarships. That would be my biggest advice, you know. Just you you want to end out with as little, you know, debt as possible, which is hard, but So what's next for you? You've traveled, you've worked for a lot of places. Where are you? What is your next plans? Where do you see yourself? Five years, 10 years, what, what's going on? So I've never actually had a sous chef position, right? I've never gotten there, you know, in all of my years. Yeah, I'm still like, I remember in culinary school, I was like, if I'm 27 now, I was like, if I'm not a chef in a restaurant by 27, if I'm not running the restaurant, I failed. I have let myself down talking about unrealistic, you know, uh, and uh, now I'm 27 and I'm like, eh, it is what it is. You know, you'll get there when you get there. And people put, you know, pressure on themselves sometimes that just drives them in, in the wrong direction. And they're not, they're just relaxing and being happy and, and enjoying life and trying to make a living. And I've never had that self-confidence. I, dude, I have been battling my own demons for so long that it was hard to be like, at work, I can be a confident grown-up. You know, I still feel like a anxious mess sometimes, you know. And so it's a lot about trying to understand that, using that energy in, the, in a good way and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I was mature enough to be a sous chef. I don't think I was ready to lead, even as a sous chef, you know. But, but, but even now I, you know, I talked about not wanting to fail, you know, I'm still, I mean, that, that's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to overcome because in your mind, you know, when someone doesn't like you or somebody, you know, despises you or doesn't want to work with you anymore, that rejection hurts. That's hard to understand. But, but then you have to understand this is real life. Life is not easy. People are rough. People are mean. So it's kind of like that understanding that balance of like, just keep going and keep pushing. Yeah. Uh, man, I have dreams. I have things I want to do, but you never really know um, how life is going to go. Um, I'd love to start a business. I'd love to, you know, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'd love to start something small, something with lower risk. I'm in a pretty great town here. You know, it's a little bit of a, it's a college town. Um, but it's still pretty rural. The, the food here is amazing as far as the produce and stuff. And, you know, I'd really like, I think it'd be a great place to, you know, be like, Hey, college students, you know, here's a, here's a, a small owned business here that, I, you know, is, is food related and, you know, you may really enjoy it. And if it fails, it fails, you know, it's a smaller town. I got less, you know, I'm not trying to open up a sandwich shop in New York city, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on gardening. I'd like to get a little bit better at that. 
Um, I'd really like to, I would love to start some sort of YouTube channel, podcast, you know, food photography, uh, you know, plating. Um, I really, I want to, I've been like trying to work on some sort of a book for a while, trying to get some sort of like a handbook guide encyclopedia, but you know, it's a, it's life work, you know, it's not something I'm going to publish in a year or 10, you know, it's something I'm going to work on until, you know, I retire and then some. You think you'll stay in that area, Virginia? I have no idea, man. I've traveled all over the place. I'm, I'm in, I'm in Florida. I'm in Seattle. I'm in New York. I'm in Virginia. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd really love to check out Arizona, California. I might even go to Europe for a while. I'd love to do that. I'd love to go back over there and just, you know, my German's getting a little better. You know? <laughs> I can understand it. I can't speak it, but you know, so I don't know. I'm amenable. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career in this industry or wanted to go to culinary school? What, and they came to you and they said, Hey, what, what should I know? What, what advice would you pass on to them? One of the things I uh, focus on yourself, you know, work on yourself, you know, ignore the, ignore the white noise, but stay relevant. Know what's going on. See what people are doing. Observe, learn to watch while you work. You know, a lot of times getting ahead in a restaurant is learning a station before you're even on it, right? Learning how to do a job before you're even taught. Um, you got to see it from a distance and learn it. And then when it's your turn to step up, you kind of have an idea. You're kind of comfortable with what you're doing. Be observant, listen, uh, stay humble, you know, take uh, compliments well, but take criticism well. Um, and about a lot of like working in restaurants and working with people in general is understanding conflict resolution, understanding how to uh, stand up for yourself in, a, in the proper way, how to communicate with somebody, how to, you know, standing up for yourself is not a bad thing. You know, sometimes it's a good thing. It's healthy. It's important. You know, uh, without conflict, do you grow? No, you don't. So, you know, you got to learn to stay cool, calm and collected and humble and keep learning. And, um, and it's kind of like, uh, you want to learn the environment quick. You know, you want to understand, you want to know who's, who's in charge. You want to know who's, who's disliked, you know, you, you got to be careful because if there's an enemy of the state in the kitchen and, they, and you don't want to be friends with that guy, you want to be careful, you know, cause it's like, but, and it's terrible, but not all restaurants are like that, you know? So I can only say, you know, sometimes you fall into a place and it's like a dream job and you, you work with people who are just absolutely hundred percent the coolest human beings. Sometimes you get, you know, the latter, but it's okay. Is uh, is there a question I should have asked, but I didn't? Is there anything I should have asked, you know, if you were in my shoes that you would have asked yourself? I mean, dude, I could, I could talk for hours. I could talk forever about this industry and what we do and, you know, what's going on. It's just, uh, I think, I think you hit everything pretty on point. How about some um, stories about the school from outside? Like you lived in the dorms. Is there anything? Talk about what goes on in the dorm. What to talk about fraternity? Talk about the food. Talk about I don't know anything from that that may help a listener. Yeah, of course. Um, it was awesome. You know, it's funny. I was an RA for most of my time, um, so RASA. You know, I did what I could. That was an amazing experience too, because you really learned. Like you're like, oh, I'm a hall monitor. I'm gonna enforce the rules, and then by the end of it, you're like, just be quiet please. So, you know, so that was a really valuable lesson there too. It was great though. You know, you'd go into the public rooms and, uh, 
you know, you'd play, uh, play pool and watch TV, go into the, the kitchens and you'd meet people that were in your class and everyone would be practicing or cooking or something, you know, hanging out. It was a great experience. You know, people there were really awesome. And there, you know, there's always ups and downs. There's always goods and bads, but you learn to live with people. You learn to interact with people and have neighbors and share space. Um, it's invaluable. Understanding how to coexist with another human being at any level is is great. And Johnson and Wales really, you know, they did a good job. You know, as far as that goes, the Res Life Department was amazing. Uh, there was plenty of activities. The school was always, you know, really kept up. And yeah, you know, you're always going to complain about the cafeteria, but yeah, uh, it's it's good food. Yeah, it's, it feeds you. You're in college. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have? Did you ever see any injuries, accidents in the labs or wherever? Like you know. Typical story of people always cut themselves. You yeah, know? <laughs> I was uh, actually in my fundamentals class. I was uh, I, there was a girl. She was doing um, she's doing something with veal, I think, and she was like hammering it and ma- using the mallet to really flatten it out. And I was trying to cut something, and we were on the same table, and my knife slipped, and I cut my finger. And I was like, "Okay, so this is my first cut in a lab. All right, not too bad, you know." Um, <laughs> You know, you'd have the kids who come hungover, you know, the kids who weren't taking it too serious and they'd get sick in the middle of class and have to leave. And, you know, you'd have people, you know, there's always the, the little burns and stuff. That was always, I think that was popular was the fingertip burns. You know, everyone's learning that everything's hot, you know, you got to learn that, you know, qu- quite quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's first we get that first day getting the knife kit. Yeah. You know, oh, they run great. their finger down the blades. Like, yeah. Oh, don't do that. Like, oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> sharp. Yeah. Oh, knife sharp. Good. Okay. Well, as we come to the end of our chat today, before we wrap up, any last minute advice or guidance you want to leave with the listeners? Something you want to share? Yeah. Find something that makes you happy. Keep doing it. Um, and if it's, you know, if you have to find a hobby outside of work, you know, some people have to have two hobbies, right? But just so happens my hobby is, is food. I love everything about food, but it's also my job. But that's two different things. You know, food at home and cooking in a restaurant, you know, is totally different. Find something, find things that make you happy. Keep your sanity, work on yourself, stay healthy. You know, it's quite easy to get bad habits in any industry, in any parts of life, but especially this one, you know, it's easy to start smoking or do drugs and then drinking, you know, we, you know, everyone goes through it, but it's really not worth it. And I mean, that's a personal choice. You got to figure that out on your own. Um, but you, you know, keep pushing though. It's not easy, but it's fun. And it's so rewarding. I don't think I've ever worked a day in my life, actually, like actual work. You know, I just, I get paid to study. I get paid to get better at what I do. I'm not going to complain about that. Pretty good. Yeah. Enjoy it. Cool. Well, that is just about all the time we have for this episode. And I want to first thank you, Joseph, for coming on the show today and sharing your culinary school story with all of us. We really appreciate your time, your insight, and your honesty. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love that you're doing this. I think it's great. I think um, I think that podcasts and videos and spreading knowledge is the most important part about what we do and how we grow as um, humans. And I think it's really awesome. I think what you're doing is great. And I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I really enjoyed our chat. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show. So please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinary school stories at gmail.com. 
That's culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next culinary school story, take care and be well. Bye-bye. Culinary School Stories is a proud member of the Food Media Network.